Good morning, you're with Kim Vella on 2XXFM 98.3's Current Affairs Program, Subject ACT. Today we are exploring a wonderful initiative which has recently come to Canberra to support homeless people care for their pets. The initiative is Pets in the Park. It started with a fold-out table and esky of vaccinations in a small park in Parramatta. This initiative recognises the valuable role that pets play in our society and that they play no lesser role among people experiencing homelessness in our communities. This initiative helps people experiencing homelessness access treatment and care for their pets, which can cost in the hundreds of dollars annually. Today we're joined by Dr Bronwyn Orr, a vet and executive committee member of Pets in the Park Canberra, to tell us about this wonderful initiative. Welcome Bronwyn. Hi Kim, thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Australians love pets. They do, they definitely do. We love our pets and they're not just com- they're not just companions anymore, are they? No, we've certainly seen in the last couple of decades a, a big shift in society about how we treat our dogs. So, um, you know, a couple of decades ago, it was very normal to have a dog in the backyard, probably related to back when we used to have quarter acre blocks and yeah. um, the dog would just sort of run around. And, um, you know, the idea of having the dog inside in your bedroom was pretty much unheard of. But yes. um, these days, you know, it's incredibly common that um, dogs share our living spaces with us um, and yeah. increasingly they're sharing the most intimate places such as bedrooms and they're actually sleeping in our bedrooms with us which just goes to show um, the increase in the status of these these guys to our lives they're part of the family now yeah absolutely part of the family and some people refer to their pets as fur babies they do yeah yeah yeah. Um, Canberra's been rated as one of the top pet friendly cities in Australia for our pet friendly outdoor areas and um, we've got great animal management and welfare policies registration processes and legislation education programs, events, etc., and availability of services, although we're discussing today the limited access that homeless people have to services. But what do you think about Canberra as being one of the top pet-friendly cities in Australia? Yeah, I find that really interesting because um, certainly what you were mentioning before are all really big ticks in terms of being pet friendly. Um, You know, definitely there's lots of outdoor exercise areas. Um, Canberra has a lot of green space um, and there is a lot of people who own pets here. Um, However, there's still some real major issues that um, not only um, impede on pet ownership, but can make it a real struggle for people um, such as the homeless or those experiencing homeless um, to get services. So, for example, in Canberra, you're not allowed to take pets on public transport. Um, and, and that's a really big deal for someone who doesn't have a car. If you're in one of the outer suburbs, if you're in Queanbeyan, um, you know, the, the clinics that we run for homeless people are located in Civic in the city. Mm. Um, and unless they can get a lift with someone, a lot of the time they just can't come in and access our service. And mm. and that's just our service, let alone going to um, the bank or, or yeah. um, you know, GPs. going... Exactly. Mm. It, it's a real struggle for those people. And the other thing is um, anyone who's been to sort of Europe, um, the France and, and even the UK, they will notice that um, dogs are often in the areas that we eat and go shopping. Yes. So, um, you know, it's very common that dogs are taken to pubs and restaurants, that they actually go into um, stores and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's because the culture there is very different. And in Canberra, we, we aren't allowed to, you know, there's very limited places to take your dog if you want to grab a coffee, um, yeah. you definitely can't take it into a restaurant. 
happen. Yeah. Um, and even in some places in the city, it's definitely frowned upon to even just walk your dog out on the pavement. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot that we can do to increase yeah. um, the pet friendly sort of nature of our city. But certainly we do have some some positive points and, and DAS um, do operate a, a pretty forward thinking service yeah. here, which is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd love to see pets in um, palliative care and other mm. healthcare settings given how important they are to our health and well-being. Yeah, definitely. And the grief and, you know, of separating with a pet. Yeah, that's it. And, um, you know, the shelters often do find that um, people who have to enter nursing homes and stuff have to give up their pets if the adult children aren't willing to take them on. And and it's just heartbreaking to have Mm. to, um, you know, not only separate these elderly people from their pets, but often the pets themselves are elderly. And, you know, it can be quite hard on them to be in a shelter, to try and find a home for a 10-year-old dog. Um, so, you know, being able to have these dogs in nursing homes, palliative care, and even hospitals. Um, mm. I mean, obviously there, there is hygiene um, reasons for not having pets in hospitals, but for people who have long length of stay there, um, mm. you know, it's important for them to be able to see their pet if they've got a strong bond. Um, and I, I have heard anecdotally of um, some palliative care units smuggling dogs in. Yeah. That's definitely not unheard of. Um, you I know, totally understand I won't that. dob anyone in. Yeah. Um, we, think it's, we think it's a great thing. But, yeah. um, you know, it's the fact that they have to smuggle it in is a bit of an issue. Yeah. You know, we recognise yeah. that these animals play a really big role in these people's lives. Yeah. Um, and, you know, our services should be set up to facilitate that. Yeah, absolutely. I went, in, I went into state recently and I was talking to a friend who's worked in public health policy for decades Mm. and she is she's not a fan of pets Mm -hmm. um and she was telling me how gutted she was that she was given responsibility for doing the research on investigating whether there was any evidence to support the exclusion of pets in restaurants and being a public health official she she was she was certain that she was going to find and she could not find any link she said kim there is no evidence to support this yeah i was pretty pretty happy to hear that (laughs) yeah well that's it and i mean um you just have to ask anyone who um you know lives at home that has cats that you know run around the kitchen and and dogs in the kitchen and stuff like that um and you know we don't see any increase in foodborne illness or anything like that um and the thing is that the pets wouldn't be out the back where the food's being prepared anyway (laughs) they would be at the feet where people's dirty shoes are and stuff like that so it's definitely a cultural thing um and you know it would be great for australia to kind of of, um, you know, adopt some of those more pet-friendly policies. Absolutely. Now, tell us about Pets in the Park. This is such a... I'm so glad that I was introduced to you to hear about this initiative. It's so absolutely important. Tell us about it. How? What is it and how did it start? Yeah, so um, Pets in the Park was started by um, Dr Mark Westman. Um, he's a, a vet and researcher in Sydney. And it first started when... Um, in 2009, he just took a, an esky full of vaccines, um, went to a park in Parramatta um, that was operating. There was like a, a soup kitchen there as well. Um, and he noticed that there was a lot of people um, who had pets there. And he just offered free vaccinations and worming and stuff to the, the people um, with pets. That was back in 2009. Um, in 2012, it became a registered charity. Mm. Um, and a few more people kind of came on board. And from there, um, we've now got six clinics and four states Mm. Um, so we've got two in Sydney two in Melbourne um, one in Brisbane and one in the ACT 
and we're about to get one in Hobart as well. Um, wow. So it's grown really quite exponentially. Yeah. Um, it's all um, volunteer based. Um, the only paid person is we have a, a part-time executive officer and that's it. Yeah. Um, everyone else is a volunteer. The clinics run on volunteer vets, vet nurses, administration staff, um, and all of our supplies are donated by various um, uh, pharmaceutical companies and that sort of thing. So Verbac, oh, Bayer, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they donate all that so that we can do this. Obviously, um, we still do take donations because there's certain things um, that that doesn't cover. So mm. um, surgery, we offer free desexing, mm. um, dental work, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and we have to pay for that out of pocket. Um, but definitely we couldn't exist if it wasn't for the, the veterinary community and animal loving community coming together mm. and just donating their time and vet vet clinics opening their doors and letting us use their facilities so mm, that's yeah. amazing it's a real collaborative effort that's amazing so lots of vets involved in this initiative across yeah. Canberra yeah a huge amount of vets have been involved in this um, so we obviously have a, a core group of vets who are on the executive committee but um, we completely rely on volunteer vets who have day jobs um, to give up their Sunday afternoons um, to come down and to um, care for for homeless people's pets and you know we, we have a really positive um, sort of vibe there people really enjoy it mm. um, because it's just an opportunity to just purely give back and a big part of what we do is not only care for these people's pets but to actually um, care for the people themselves and, yeah. and just give them the time of day to yeah. have a chat to them and talk about their bond with their animal because um, you know for a lot of people this is one of their most significant relationships they have in their life at that time yeah um, and it's really important that we acknowledge that absolutely and I understand that when homeless people have pets they feel judged even more harshly. Yeah, that, that can definitely happen. And um, we do see that from time to time where people um, might think that homeless pets are being neglected or that they have been abandoned or something like that. And there's definitely a very pervasive attitude that if you can't afford veterinary care, then you shouldn't have a pet. Um, and I think for the general public, you know, there's definitely a need to to save up money for veterinary fees or get pet insurance or something like that. But mm -hmm. I think for um, homeless people and the most vulnerable people in society, um, that you know we need to have more compassion and more recognition of the the role these animals play. They're they're not just a, a pet that you take for a walk once a day. They're constant mm. companions, and yeah. you know they spend all their time with these people, and their health is is really really important. So I, there is that sort of judgmental attitude in the community, but. I think people need to recognise how important these animals are to these people's lives. Um, and, you know, it's a very small thing for us to look after their veterinary care. Mm. Um, and if that means that their pets live a longer and healthier and happier life, then, you know, that's something we should do. That's amazing. Um, there was a recent study from Ontario Veterinary College at the University of Gulf, and I apologise in advance for... <laughs> to all the Canadians listening this morning. <laughs> but this amazing Canadian university found that homeless youth with pets were three times less likely to be depressed, mm -hmm. less likely to engage in potentially harmful behaviours like hard drug use, and more likely to open up to veterinarians about their personal challenges. So like you say, yeah. you're caring obviously for the, the pets, but also providing essential 
support for homeless people. Definitely. And a big part of Pets in the Park is, um, you know, it's not an open door policy. It's not something that anyone can walk in off the street and get free vet care. We offer a, a very strict referral system. So essentially what that means is that um, homeless people or vulnerable people need to already be accessing homeless services. Um, so that's Red Cross, Early Morning Center, Salvos. They already need to be registered with an organization. Um, and that's twofold. One is to make sure that obviously um, only legitimate people who really need our help yeah. are getting our free services. Mm. Um, but the second thing is, um, and the most important, is to make sure these people are getting help for themselves. Yes. Um, we need to make sure that this is a holistic service whereby we care for their animals, but we need to make sure that they're caring for themselves and they're getting the support they need as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's really important. You're with Kim Vella on 2XXFM 98.3's Current Affairs Program Subject ACT. Subject ACT is Canberra's local current affairs program where we explore issues from a curious and informed perspective. This morning we're talking with Dr Bronwyn Orr, a vet and executive committee member of Pets in the Park Canberra. We're talking about a really critical issue, providing support to people experiencing homelessness with pets. Stay with us now for more of our conversation with Dr Orr. So you're a member of the executive committee. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your role there. What do you do on um, the committee? So I mainly um, just help facilitate. Um, I mean, we, we don't really have like recognized roles like a president or vice president or anything yeah. like that. We've just got a kind of core group of people who um, have been working on this from the very beginning. As you can mm -hmm. imagine, there's a lot of planning, organizing um, to make these clinics happen because it is um, so reliant on um, collaboration with other organizations. So um, here in Canberra, we collaborate very closely with the Early Morning Center. Yeah. Um, and so we have our clinics um, outside their church um, in on Northbourne Avenue. Um, and so they allow us to have the facility there. Um, and, you know, they also provide a lot of referrals and a lot of support. So um, we, on the executive committee, we just kind of make sure all that happens um, quite smoothly. Um, I was involved with Pets in the Park Brisbane when I used to live up there. Um, so I had a bit of experience with um, helping set up these clinics, um, which was helpful down here. But um, there is definitely um, other people in the group who have um, committed far more hours than I have to this. Um, and they're incredibly passionate and dedicated group of people. And, and like so many people in the volunteer sector, um, you know, they're all doing lots of things. You know, um, it would be rare to find someone involved with charity work and volunteering who just does one thing yeah. very occasionally. Most people are very involved across their community. Yeah. Um, and, and it's no exception with pets in the park. So um, I, I like to think that vets are pretty compassionate people anyway. Yeah. Um, and as a result, they just tend to kind of say yes to everything and overextend themselves completely yeah. um but yeah no we we have a really great group of people here at pets in the park canberra so well i certainly can feel your empathy and your compassion mm. for for people experiencing homelessness and mm. and their pets uh, what attracted you to veterinary sciences 
Oh, I, I was like one of those um, typical young girls who at about three or four discovered that you could have a job that just involved being with animals all day. Um, and I literally from that age just had my sights set on this one career. Um, and it's, it's funny, they've actually done studies on vet students and when they decided to become a vet yeah. and the average age is five years old. Oh, so wow. It's one of those really unique professions where um, people are drawn to it from a very early age and they strive for it their whole lives they've always been those animal people um, who collect animals or rescue them or save them Um, and so veterinary science just just obviously is a natural progression obviously it's a a very um, tough degree to get into and it's a very tough degree to finish Um, it's very congratulations by the way (laughs) (laughs) thank you I'm glad it's behind me the uh, the study part of it it's very intense Um, but yeah no it's um, it's something that I think you only go into because you really want to the the wages in in the veterinary world are very low mm. um and comparatively to how much you study um so it's definitely something that you just do from an early age and um the sort of work I do now um my day job is in the charity sector so um I get to be you know quite fulfilled because I actually do get to help you know people and the animals all the time which is really nice that's amazing yeah so we really, I think we really need service providers and governments to be, and even community organisations, mm. to be more aware of the impact that pet ownership has on mm. the lives of people experiencing homelessness. Yeah, definitely. And and, and not just homelessness, but um, other sectors of societies that we've mentioned before, um, the elderly with their pets, yes. um, people um, who, are, who are sick. End or, of life. Yep, yep, yeah. palliative care, that sort of thing. Um, so definitely... We, we are getting more recognition. There's a field of study um, now called anthropology or um, the study of human-animal interactions and relationships. And there's a big sector in Australia who actually study um, animals in communities and societies. Um, and they're really kind of um, helping look at issues like, um, you know, pets and rental accommodation and things like that, yes. um, which is a really big issue. And yeah. I personally had a problem with that. Um, when I moved here at the start of the year, it was near Christmas time. Yeah. Um, and I had two dogs and two cats, um, which I know makes me sound like a crazy person, but I'm a vet, <laughs> so I feel like it's normal. Um, and, you know, trying to find a place in Canberra that would let me have my pets, um, you know, was incredibly difficult. Mm. There was a period there for a couple of days where it looked like we were going to be homeless um, because we just could not find a place that would take them. You did we'll, find somewhere though. We were, yeah. W- with like two days to spare, we found a private rental who let us stay there. Um, but, you know, it's a it's a very real issue. And, um, you know, they've uh, Victoria's just seen a big change in tenancy laws, which will allow people to have pets and rentals um, rather than letting landlords be able to say no. Mm. Um, and and the, a big part of that was because RSPCA Victoria said that something like um, one in five pets that are surrendered to them are because people cannot find suitable accommodation for their animals. Mm. Um, and, and then that's heartbreaking for obviously the owners. Um, mm. And it's not good for society either to, no. to have those abandoned animals. So Absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely we need, we need um, public policymakers to kind of think a bit um, bigger picture, mm-hmm. um, not just think about the people, but um, also the, the animals that share their lives with these people and how mm. they can accommodate them because they will find that there will be better outcomes for, for the people and for public health policy as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that you found a place. 
yeah. to stay with you. I'm very kids. glad too. It was yeah. a it was a very stressful time. Um, you know, we were on the road driving down from um, Brisbane, um, and you know, we we're just kind of crossing our fingers that we would find a place. Um, we were kind of even to the point where we were like, okay, we'll have to find a caravan park or something like that. And we were lucky that we could pay a slightly increased fee to have our animals. But you know, there's a lot of people that just can't afford that. Um, oh, so you had to pay a little bit more rent. Well, we essentially had to find a place that was more expensive right. than we wanted. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, so there wasn't like affordable rental yeah. options that would allow pets. Ah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. You're with Kim Vella on Two Double XFM ninety eight point three's Current Affairs Program, Subject ACT. Subject ACT is Canberra's local current affairs program. We explore issues from a curious and informed perspective, and absolutely curious uh, this morning about Pets in the Park initiative and Dr Bronwyn Orr is joining us. She's a vet and executive committee member of Pets in the Park to help us understand not just what Pets in the Park Canberra does but the broader issues, the the policy implications for people experiencing homelessness uh, who have companion animals. So Bronwyn, there, there's not a lot of research into the value of animal companionship for people experiencing homelessness. But what we know from the limited research is that they provide friendship, mm-hmm. responsibility and contribute to emotional well-being. Mm. What else can you tell us about the role that pets play in the lives of homeless people? Yeah, well, um, I think a a really big feature of these pets is that um, they are a source of stability. So um, if you're homeless, your life is constantly changing day to day. um, You know, things can change. You might be sleeping on a friend's couch, but, you know, you're going to get kicked out tomorrow or something like that. The one thing that always stays with you and is by your side is your pet. Mm. Um, And we've found like, um, for example, when I was in Brisbane, we had this one client um, and, you know, some of the stories of our clients are just absolutely tragic. And, mm. um, you know, it makes you realize how close everyone is to homelessness. Um, and so, for example, this one client, he um, he was a doctor. He was, a, you know, educated person who had a very good career and he was involved in a car accident and sustained a traumatic brain injury. Um, so after that, his life just totally spiraled down. Um, you know, he had a severe disability. He lost his family. He lost his job. He lost his home. And the one thing he had with him was his German shorthead pointer, so purebred dog, um, which is, you know, obviously strange when you see a purebred dog walking around on the streets because they're quite expensive. Um, but his his pointer called Rudy um, was his constant companion. And so through all of this, when his life just took a complete tumble, Mm. And he went from what some would say in society is the highs of highs, Mm. um, you know, being a doctor with a well-paid job Mm. to, you know, living on the street and living on people's couches and stuff. Mm. His dog was his companion and was with him through all that. And, you know, pets don't judge you. They don't, um, you know discuss oh why did you make that life choice or you know why did you do that they they just they love you they um, look to you for care and attention um, and and that's a really valuable thing and these pets are actually healthy animals yeah so a lot of them they are I mean obviously um, some of them do have health issues Mm -hmm. and that's where we come in yeah Um, so things like if they have ongoing skin problems or something like that that's where we can help but you'll be surprised that um, most homeless people will care for their pet before themselves so they're often quite well fed Um, they might not be able to afford things like parasite control and stuff like that but Mm. they are really well loved and and well looked after so we think it's just so important to, to keep them together yeah absolutely 
And I understand also that dogs owned by homeless people are likely to have less aggression towards strangers. I think that really does depend on a case by case. Mm -hmm. Um, It depends on when the dog was um, socialized, when it was little and Mm -hmm. what it was exposed to. Um, But we do often find that homeless people's dogs are quite friendly um, to to people. and uh, I think a big part of that is that they spend all their time with their owner. Mm. Um, so if you think about, um, you know, you or I who go to work every day, um, our dogs spend, um, you know, eight to ten hours at home by themselves. Mm. Homeless people's pets are with them all the time. And so they often have, um, you know, they're really well-balanced and well-behaved sort of dogs. Yeah. How can Canberrans support you mm-hmm. and Pets in the Park and the work that you're doing? What can we do to support you? Yeah, so definitely um, the the biggest thing that we probably need at the moment is um, just donations and and that will help us um, buy equipment like stethoscopes for our vets um, Mm -hmm. as well as pay for the surgery of these pets um, Mm -hmm. when they need it. So you can do that by either jumping on our Facebook page, Mm -hmm. which is just Pets in the Park Canberra, Mm -hmm. um, or you can jump on the Pets in the Park website if you just Google that Mm -hmm. um, and there's a link to donate straight to Canberra. Um, And definitely on our wish list um, for Christmas is a couple of new stethoscopes. So um, if anyone... What's a stethoscope cost? Um, they're about sort of $150, $200. Okay. Um, I'm so sure we can get at least yeah, a, at least a, a couple few hundred dollars would be a great Christmas present awesome. for us. Awesome. Yep. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Bronwyn. No worries. It's been a fascinating conversation. You're listening to 2XX FM 98.3 Subject ACT, where we discuss local current affairs from a curious and informed perspective. That concluded our discussion with Dr. Bronwyn Orr, a vet and executive committee member of Pets in the Park Canberra. You can find Pets in the Park Canberra on Facebook. Join us each weekday, 8.30am to 9am on 2XXFM 98.3's Current Affairs Program Subject ACT. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day.